This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead, and this is Austin Real Estate Investing. Today, we have Alice Duffy on. She's a real estate agent and real estate investor in the Austin area, both in the residential and commercial side, and she's doing a lot of really cool stuff. We're going to let her tell you all about that. Hey, Alice, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Awesome to have you on here. I know we talked a little bit before, and you and I have a lot in common when it comes to the real estate investing side, and of course, we're both real estate agents in the Austin area too. Actually, I got into being a real estate agent after being a real estate investor too, similar to you. So real quick, just tell everybody who you are and how you're involved with real estate investing in the Austin area. Um, I'm Alice Duffy and uh, I am from Austin and I got started investing. I know I'm like a unicorn, right? <laughs> Uh, I got started investing in 2005 and, um, you know, in that time I've done a lot of different things, including like flips, fix and hold, um, long-term rentals, short-term rentals. I own light industrial, um, warehouse complex. Um, so I kind of have done a lot of different things and at different times, you know, things are more profitable or throwing off more cash flow. So I've changed over the years as I've learned more and, you know, diversified my portfolio a bit so that, you know, it's always going to be good. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. No, I, I think that you can change as times change and opportunities change. Yeah. Um, are you only invested in Austin or are you invested in some other areas too? I, um, I'm invested in other areas as well. I love Austin and the Austin area. Mm -hmm. Um, the return on investment has been, you know, average of 10% over the last 25 years, which is mm -hmm. awesome, yeah. including the great recession. Right. So when you average it out, it's been great. Uh, but we are, uh, passive investors in three apartment complexes. Two of those are in the Dallas Fort Worth area. One is in the Houston area. Um, and actually one of them just sold. So I guess I'm not in that one anymore. <laughs> and then I'm part of an inland port development up in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, so that's, we've developed an inland port. We bought 70 acres and an inland port is where they, you know, take the container ships off the ships and put them on the rail system and then send them up to Dallas. They store them in the inland port and then they disperse them on the rail system. I mean, in the, on the trucking system from there. And so we put rail spurs in and pads and everything. So built out the infrastructure. When I say we, I mean, the guys who know how to do that. I just put yeah. money in. <laughs> yeah, you're passive. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So we just actually sold the our majority stake in that property. And we retained a corner lot for a sea station, which will be coming soon. Um, but we're going to sell off that corner lot here pretty quick. And then I have, a, I'm a part owner of a airstrip 
an RV park in Liberty Hill, <laughs> which is 245 acres. Wow. And I think we're actually going to sell it. Looks like we're getting LOIs on it right now. So that's um, awesome. Yeah, we'll be selling that property off. That's a really cool, beautiful piece of land up there. So you said it's an airstrip and an RV park? Yeah, it has an airstrip on it. <laughs> that's unique. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I love that. So, per personally, uh, obviously, I'm a real estate agent. I'm sitting in the Southwest Market Center for Keller Williams right now. Uh, I like to do some active investing. But I also like to do passive investing too, because I can just give somebody else my money and they go do all the work. Yeah. And it sounds like you know all the magic of of both. And both are fun. Yeah. And we, you know, we're in the last two years, we've done a lot of short-term rentals. Mm -hmm. That's been really profitable. And a lot of oh people God. didn't do well during the beginning of the pandemic. So they were selling off at a good price. So we bought one in Dripping Springs, one in Austin. And then we just bought one in October out in New Mexico. So that's our first out-of-state purchase. But we plan to do a lot more of that as well. Um, and so that's a ski property, ski and mountain biking property. And we're excited to see how that one performs. So far, it's been really good. Maybe you can ski and mountain bike a little bit, too. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we plan to do that, too. I mean, so, we plan to go there and do maintenance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to go check on it. Uh, so it sounds like you've done a ton in the real estate investing sector. What initially got you interested in real estate investing? <laughs> the same thing that got everyone into it. That rich dad, poor dad guy, that Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. So it's such a simple book. And I actually just read it again recently. Mm -hmm. And it holds up, man. I'm like, I expected it to be really dated. And uh, nope. I was like, no, he's right. That's that's a just a very easy to digest like beginner book, and it worked for us. Like we were inspired, and we just did it. Yeah, it's such a mindset shift. So you're over here of hey, I'm I'm trading time for dollars, which which works, and I still do the same. But then you say hey, I can leverage that my trading time for dollars and put it into things that are gonna grow on their own or businesses that. I can grow with little input and little effort. And yeah, you just, you somehow you break through after you read that book. And I'm not sure why, why that yeah. changes so much. Um, but that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, Alice, you've done so many oh, deals. Could you video. give our listeners just some quick advice on how to avoid this. a bad deal? How to, how to avoid a bad deal? Um, learn your market, right? Just study your market. And when we first started with our first deal, we had been told like, look at a hundred properties. And that doesn't mean you have to physically look at a hundred properties. You can do part of that online looking at stuff, but you want to start like knowing everything about whatever it is you pick. We picked duplexes at the time. That was really good here in Austin. Mm -hmm. And we just looked at every single duplex that came on the market. And so when that good deal came up, we were like, that's it. That's a good deal. Mm -hmm. it's, it's throwing off enough cash flow. It wasn't stellar, but we knew we could bring value up in the property. Um, we like to buy the ugliest house on the street so that we have control. 
when we fix it up, we know values just gone up because, mm-hmm. you know, if you buy the nicest house on the street, everyone else has control over your property. Mm-hmm. So, you know, learning whatever it is that you're interested in, starting to learn, like, what are the rent comps for that area? You know, and if you're looking, we were looking all over Austin. So we had to study the rent comps in each neighborhood. When a property would come up, we'd get the rent comps. We'd start to figure it out. We were literally calling people's signs like, hey, how much are you renting your place for? Really? <laughs> yeah, because sometimes things aren't on the market. You know, it's like they're off market. It's a mom and pop run situation. So you want to just be understanding everything you can about that asset class, whether it's a duplex or a single family and um, understanding what it means in that neighborhood, because it can really change if you cross over a major street or, you know, you move into a different area. Yeah. I really like your, your basically your two points are know your market and know your asset class. So when you know those two things you say, hey, I'm looking for duplexes in Austin in this specific area, this specific zip code, even, you can get really narrowed on your focus and figure out exactly if this pops up, this is what I want. Rather than if you see something else pops up, it's not even worth wasting your time on. It's not even worth looking at. And when you have that sort of knowledge from having that focus, it makes real estate investing really easy and also makes real estate investing really easy to be successful in because you have that focus and you have the knowledge and you can just say, I I want that put an offer on it. You, you know, the numbers, you know, the market, you don't have to do too much more research to figure it out. Maybe a quick analysis, but yeah, yeah no, I really like that advice. It's awesome advice. And we, you know, you want to understand what you want and then you want to understand what the market will bear. Right. Yeah. Because when we started, it was all about the 1% rule. Yeah. Right? And that is not a thing so much these days, no. but I still feel, hear people say that. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. In Austin? No. <laughs> but it does come around sometimes. So what we do is return on investment. Mm-hmm. We want, and you know, Steve and I are clear. If it doesn't return 8% or more on investment, we don't take a second look. Like if if I run it through our quick and dirty spreadsheet and it doesn't give me 8%, I'm done. Now, if it returns that or greater, then I take a deeper dive. I mm-hmm. then analyze it further. I I spend more time making sure that I've got it right. Right. And that I've adjusted for taxes going up because Mm -hmm. that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is they look at what the tax value is now and they don't adjust for what they're paying for the property. And most counties are going to jack your taxes up as soon as you purchase that. Yeah. And I've even found a lot in Travis County myself that Properties assessed much higher than I'm purchasing for. So I've, I actually bought a duplex myself in 2020. It was assessed about $80,000 more than I paid for the place. So I was able to turn around and say, hey, here you go. I actually didn't, I didn't pay way less than what you even have it at. And I can get my taxes down. But like you, I also assume taxes are going to go up in the future because yeah. there's almost only nothing more certain than taxes going up. Yes. So you just want to make sure you're using the right numbers and you're taking all of that into account. You know, when we first started, we managed all of our own properties. So we didn't have management fees necessarily. Um, when we spent our time, but 
it really, it helped us make deals work because we could, we were just doing it. Awesome. And you, you started here in Austin. I know we talked a little bit about this before. Could you tell everybody how you started and how that worked out for you? Yeah. So, um, we started with a duplex. We bought it owner occupied. And actually at the time we were able to get it with a 2080 loan. I don't know if you remember those, but no. you borrowed 20% for the down payment and 80% for the note. So there was no PMI principal mortgage insurance. And so we were able to get in our first for $5,000 in closing wow. costs. And, um, you know, then you live in one half, you rent out the other half and you start saving for the next one. Um, and then you buy another duplex and you move and you buy it owner occupied. And then you, when you buy that one, now you have three rentals and you're living in one unit mm -hmm. and you just keep that going. And you can do this with fourplexes also. And we just did that for years and years. We moved every two years. We saved, we lived below our means. And honestly, like Steve had a pretty good job at the time. And I worked part-time as a yoga teacher and we just squirreled our money away. Like <laughs> Mimi Bond said recently, we, you have to live like no one else so that one day you can live like no one else. Yeah. <laughs> so and I just love that quote. I'm like, I love that. Yeah, and it's it's really, and I live in a duplex right now myself. I've been doing it for about five years. And I think you could, you could attest this. It's not uncomfortable. People worry they're going to live in this terrible place and it's going to be awful. But if you're renting, you need to live in an apartment or a duplex or a fourplex anyway. Why not own it? Yeah, I lived in a duplex. Steve and I lived there with our daughter. Um, it was fine. We had a backyard. It was awesome. And then mm -hmm. we had our son. And we actually gave birth to in the duplex. I gave birth to oh, Wow. And um, it was awesome. And then it was like, well, this is a little tight. We might need to move to single families. So, you know, I needed two bathrooms. That's what I decided because I had a one bathroom <laughs> duplex. Mm -hmm. And so we got it. Then we moved on to doing some single families. The same thing, though. We just live in it for two years and then we move. Yeah, I just got my uh, my second bathroom. And my, so my first, second bathroom, I've never had more than one bathroom. And I first, I got my first carport. So oh, you're moving up. I'm feeling pretty fancy. I have two bathrooms. I know. And a carport. And a carport. Yeah. My, my goal was to get a garage. I didn't quite find the garage, but I got the carport space and that's good enough for me. Yeah. So. And the thing is, is like, it really is such a powerful way to build your portfolio. Yeah. And I think more people should do it. Like every time I'm working with young people, anyone can do it any age. But when I'm working with young people, I'm like, house hack. Yeah. Be a nomadic investor. Trust mm -hmm. me, you need a duplex. You need a fourplex. They're like, I don't want to live in that. I'm like, you don't have to live in it long. Yeah. <laughs> one year, really. One, one year is all you have to do. And then you can move. I think for so many people that say, hey, I want to buy my first house. Buy a duplex, live in it for one year, then go buy your first house and get the house you want and have some passive income and have a much, bunch of net worth growth. I mean, there's just, there's so many great reasons to buy a duplex or buy a fourplex or 
even buy a single family with a bunch of extra bedrooms. If you're single, or if your partner's on board, buy a single family with five bedrooms. Rent yeah. out the other four. Yeah. Easy. I know. I recommend that all the time. And people, most people just think we're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get the same thing, but I, I completely believe in house hacking. And I think it's a really easy, really low cost way to build a good portfolio. And then you can do awesome stuff like buy RV parks with airstrips and inland ports and all those types of things. And those opportunities aren't available to you if you yeah. don't build up a base and building up a good base through house hacking is so easy. It is, it's easy and it's fun. I mean, honestly, we didn't mind mm -hmm. the moving. We didn't have a ton of stuff. We lived pretty, <laughs> you know, sparse and it was fine. Mm -hmm. It helps and you it keep your, your stuff down too. Yeah, it is great. I mean, and it, it really helps you learn a lot mm -hmm. really fast. And you know that property if you've lived in it, so when you go and manage it afterwards, you know what's wrong with it. You know the little quirks about the house. You know what needs to be paid attention to. Every house has interesting things about it. And I no longer manage our entire portfolio, but um, I manage the managers. <laughs> yeah. And it it is different. Like, I actually really enjoyed the education of being my own property manager for a while because I know how to deal with tenants. I know what's going on. It gives me compassion for the people who now manage for me. It's not an easy job, but it was definitely worth it. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, it's not an easy job and it really it's not the highest paying job either. So lots of people say, oh, you know, my property manager didn't do this or they didn't do that. I'm like, you realize they're getting paid $150 a month to manage your property. It's not a lot of work and they're dealing with a lot of other properties all like this for people calling them. It, it's, it's a thankless job. I, mm -hmm. I'd much rather be the investor and own the property and then maybe have to manage it than have to be the property manager and deal with all of that for no upside. Yeah. Yeah. And we had at one point we had 16 or 20, it was like 20 long-term units. And that's when I was like, you know what? I bet I could sell a couple more houses a year if I wasn't doing this. Yeah. And Steve was like, you absolutely could. And mm -hmm. so I started interviewing property managers and my business exploded and it was definitely worth it. It was a good leverage of my time to have somebody else. And I have a great property manager and he, you know, works with me really well. And it's, it's just a shift if at a certain point you should step out of managing it yourself and focus on continuing to build your portfolio or for me my economic engine is my real estate business right i do i run a commercial division i run a residential division you know it's like i'm servicing a lot of clients and i need to be doing that with my time mm -hmm. rather than dealing with tenant issues sure so you know we talked a little bit about about some of this stuff but What's one thing you're telling a newer investor when they come to you? So somebody comes to you and they're not just looking for a house. You're saying, hey, I actually want to get started in real estate investing. It's 2022. I live in Austin, Texas. What's one thing you're telling a newer investor right now that's coming to you about Austin? Uh, well, it depends because if they could be coming to me with a lot of knowledge in another market, mm -hmm. then that's a little different conversation than if they're green and they're just like brand new. Let's, um, let's just pretend green. 
<laughs> if they're brand new, I tell them that they should take my investing 101 class. <laughs> And, um, and then I also offer coaching, you know, to people who want to invest, but, you know, one of the things that they have to understand is they have to understand this market and that this market is unique and it's really, um, on fire right now. And so I want to get to know what their expect expectations are from investing. And I kind of need to get to know what their interests are. I also recommend that they don't rule out the tertiary markets like uh, Round Rock, um, Georgetown, uh, Maynor, Elgin, Bastrop, all the way down to San Marcos, even New Braunfels, right? Mm -hmm. And so like we're, we need to cast sometimes a larger net. And a lot of times it's a lot of education of just having them understand how much money they need to put down if they're going to be a straight up investor and how it all works. It's, there's a lot of little stuff that people don't understand and uh, it's not hard. It's just education. And so educating them. Yeah. I think education is really important. And then you touched on this earlier that you analyzed a ton of properties and, and looked at a lot of properties before you bought your first property. Um, on, on podcasts like uh, the Bigger Pockets podcast, they used to talk about that all the time. You know, run the numbers on lots of properties before you start touring them, before you start trying to buy one. And I think that can be so valuable because you've yeah. analyzed 20 or 30 or 40, 50 properties. You really understand what the numbers look like on these properties. And then when a good deal comes up, you quickly analyze it. And because you're educated, because you understand the numbers, it's really easy to make a, a competitive offer and win out of all the people that are just casually looking and don't have yeah. any idea. Yeah, they should run the numbers on a hundred properties mm -hmm. at least. I mean, they should just pick an asset class, whether it's single family, duplex, fourplex, and just start running the numbers. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times they don't know how to run the numbers. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I didn't either at first. So, you know, but, you know, getting a good spreadsheet, understanding what your, you know, PITI is, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance are going to be on a property. And then looking at the rents and understanding that. Also understanding what the investor needs out of their investment. Mm -hmm. I like cash flow, <laughs> mm -hmm. but not yeah. all investors need that. And so there are investors that like want to take a loss on paper, you know, they're, they're buying it as a write-off, but they're hoping that over time they'll get capital gains or whatever. So it really depends on what that investor needs. What is their, you know, especially these high net worth families, they don't always want the same thing that the beginner investor wants mm -hmm. on, you know, needing the money and the cash flow. So it can be buried depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's a good first step, figure out what you, what you need or what you want and then figure out how you can make that work. So, you know, if you're somebody that's looking for a lot of cash flow in the Austin area right now, there's things that work and there's things that don't work. So understand what you want, understand how you can get it and that'll make your life so much easier. So that's awesome advice for newer investors. Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, 
That would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and you know, right now, like the short-term rental in Austin, it yeah. is you know more risk, more reward, and um, it's hard to do because of the permitting. Mm -hmm. But there are ways people are still doing it by buying owner-occupied um, and having it as their homestead. Uh, and then also people are buying in the um, the ETJ, right? Yeah, the county ETJ. jurisdiction instead of the city jurisdiction. So that's mm -hmm. also a way that people are doing those. Love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're seeing the same exact thing for the ways to make short-term rentals work in Austin. Yeah, or they're doing 30-day plus rentals. Those are not yeah. short-term, right? So yeah. that, and that's, a, there's a need for that furnished house for 30. I have so many clients that are looking for a gap home right they just need mm -hmm. 60 days or 90 days and they'll pay the premium of a furnished place while they're waiting for their new construction to be built but they want to take advantage of a hot market or a hot minute in the market mm -hmm. so yeah yeah no we love that we have a, a monthly rental in east austin it does very well and then we have a short-term rental in South Austin and it also does very well. So I, I myself experienced both um, doing them the right way, of course, and seeing how they can work really well. And you can still be in that tight box that Austin puts us in for short-term rentals. Yeah. Yeah, we're lucky. Ours is, we have an old permit. <laughs> oh, wow. And renewed. So we've got a type two on our East property and it's great. And yeah, we're we like, don't ever lose it. Yeah, it's gold. <laughs> Those are impo almost impossible to get. I don't know anybody who's gotten one that hasn't already had one for a while. So, Well, ours lives in an LLC. Oh, so even cool. if we sold the property, we would sell the LLC with the property. There you go. You might be able to charge a, a large premium for that one then. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, Alice... What's next for you? You've done so much. You know, you've been so successful as an agent. You do residential and commercial. You do a lot of residential and commercial investing. What's next for you? What What are your long term goals, and what's your real estate vision for the future? Um, well, my long term goals in residential is just to kind of keep it going. Mm -hmm. Like I want to keep servicing. You know, last year I serviced like sixty five clients, and so I'd like to do that again this year and help as many people as possible make the next move. And then I'm growing my commercial division. I now have two agents that are working with me that I am mentoring and um, kind of taken under my wing. And we, they're on fire and I just love their energy. And, um, you know, we're really kind of building out our commercial division. And I'm looking at having an analytics, maybe hiring an analytics person for my commercial team Oh, cool! because there's so much involved in the analytics side. And what I find is that I'm good at it, but I'm not great. And it's, it would be beneficial for me to have somebody I could leverage that off to that really like that's their jam. So I'd like that to happen this year. And, uh, I, I want to see my, uh, commercial sales triple this year big goals that's awesome yeah so speaking of commercial sales and just the commercial side of your business 
Uh, we talked a little bit about some commercial leases you've had earlier before this call. Um, I think it was Torque. Could you talk about what you did there and, and some of the other yeah. stuff you're working on with them? Because I know I found you on the Austin Business Journal as you had leased a space for this awesome new company that's moving to town. Yeah, so um, it's actually funny because I had done this really tiny commercial lease for a friend of mine. Her company was like, hey, would you do this time this lease? And it, I ended up getting paid like a very small amount of money. Mm -hmm. And it was just my friend and I had to help her, right? Yeah. And it was one of those situations where it's like, I'd rather not, but like, of course, you're my girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then she referred me to this guy, Greg, over at Torque. And now I can say that name. I couldn't because I was under <laughs> documentation that I, NDA, not disclosures. Yeah, yeah. But now they've announced. So um, she introduced me to them and I started working with them. We started searching for a combination office warehouse space which was very difficult. Um, and so we were looking at everything in Austin and we started looking at office space alone and garage space separate. And we ended up finding this beautiful class A property. It's on the green belt off of Mopac and mm. it was pretty much move in ready. We did very, we had to do very little tent improvement for them mm -hmm. to be able to move in. And, um, it's just a perfect office and it's like 23,000 square feet. They will probably end up putting about 150 employees in that office. Some of those will be relocated to Austin and some of those will be new hires. And, um, and now we're looking for their warehouse space and we've identified that we have that um, like 99% done. That's awesome. Yeah. I know commercial leases are, it's not so easy as, Hey, you just, fill out a lease application, you're good to go. Uh, I don't have any personal experience, but I've heard a lot about it. Well, this one moved really fast. It only took us six months. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, so it, it does take longer and that's what people don't understand with commercial is that it is a much longer time frame, mm -hmm. and you're working with a client for a long time to get it done. Um, I have another deal that I'm working on in Southeast Austin right now, and we're supposed to close it this summer. And I do believe it will close. Hopefully it won't fall apart like 500 ways. Mm -hmm. um, but when we close that in the summer, I will have been working on it for almost two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. The land development deal. And um, I am representing the sellers and just trying to make sure to protect the sellers because they really deserve to get fair market value for their land. And, yeah. uh, and they were offered not fair market value before we found these buyers and these buyers offered them a really fair price. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So, you know, we, we talked about a little bit about the prices of things in Austin here earlier, and you had an interesting perspective on, on where prices are right now. And, and why you think they got there. You wanna talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think that, you know, last year people were kind of shocked when the market went up so much in one year's time. Mm -hmm. And I actually think it was a price correction that was long overdue. Mm -hmm. 
because mm -hmm. a lot of the people who are relocating to the Austin area are coming from markets like San Francisco, Bay Area, LA, it, more expensive markets in Florida, New York, even Portland. Um, those are kind of a lot of the cities that are coming here and their prices are so much higher than ours mm -hmm. that for years they have been saying, what? I can get this big of a house, like this huge house for so little. Mm -hmm. And I've been hearing that for year over year over year that last year it started to just correct and actually highlight Austin as the city that it's becoming. And we command a higher dollar now mm. because we're comedic. We are like very sought after city to move to. So I think it's a price correction and I think we'll continue to see that correction this spring. And, you know, for the Austinites, I hope it's not 30%, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and touching on that, you know, I, I am not from Austin. I've not always lived in Austin and I've lived in not even high priced cities and our rents here are still so affordable for what you get. So you know, if you're paying, let's say, eighteen hundred or two thousand for a three bedroom, one bath, or three bedroom, two bath, that's a great rent. Um, there's some you can't find that in most other major metros or desirable metros in the United States. So I think we have a lot coming in rent growth here too. And I think you know it's it is going to be hard and it's going to be a shock for a lot of people, but it's just a correction of where prices probably should be for where a city like Austin is. So I loved your your perspective on that. Um, I know that, you know, it's easy to feel whatever way about it, but it's really just the reality of, hey, great jobs are coming here. You can make great amount of money to live here. There's all the amazing reasons to want to live in Austin that it's not going to be cheap. So, yeah. Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join. GoBundance.com slash emerge. GoBundance.com slash emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. And, you know, it's like, it's easy to get caught up in be busy mm -hmm. and you don't, you disconnect with the cool things about your city. But like I was hiking on the green belt the other day and I hiked five miles and it was gorgeous and there was water. And I mean, I'm in the middle of the city. Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of the city, hiking through the city in this country. It's, um, I mean, those are the things about Austin that make people want to move here. And a lot of locals sometimes will get disconnected with that mm -hmm. because they just forget, you know, it's like, I try and ride my bike to South by Southwest things, like even just the free stuff on South Congress. And then I'm like, man, this is a cool city. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot going, it's vibrant. Like there's, there are so much going on. And I know like with the pandemic, people have, you know, been, you know, in their houses so much, but I mm -hmm. feel like, you know, we're going to be coming back out. The live music is happening again. You know, we really got to feed that community. And, you know, we do have to think about affordability as a city mm. as yeah. well. How do we keep those artists here <laughs> thriving, yeah. being able to do these shows for us that are amazing? 
Yeah, no, I think that's so important. And I think that, yeah, we do need to solve some of the affordable housing crisis because a lot of the, the awesome artists and musicians and really people who work the, the service jobs need a place to live too. And yeah, maybe they can't pay three or $4,000 a month for rent or whatever rents might climb up to. There needs to be something there to keep that in check. And, and I love that too. It's so cool that other, so I, I noticed this driving around, I'm sure you do too. Other cities and states are advertising for people to come to their area in Austin. So there's billboards around town from Ohio. I saw Ohio Arkansas. the other day too. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're almost admitting, oh, hey, you know, maybe you have 300 days of sunshine, but it's cheap here. And yeah, there's a reason people want to live here because it's amazing. And you're not going to recruit people away from that just because it's a little pricey. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's just a, I mean, I just feel really lucky to live in Austin at this time. Like, and I'm from here, so I've been here and I've, I've lived other places also, mm-hmm. but Austin is just very vibrant and it's, you know, it's like, it's nice to live somewhere where things, there's a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of youth. There's a lot of, you know, but I also find that it's mixed. Like I went to an event at UT the other day. Um, at the LBJ school and it was like a mix of from children to very elderly people you know and it, it was vibrant it was like colorful and it's a cool city yeah a lot of really cool stuff going on you just got to get out of your house to participate a little bit in it and you'll have a lot of fun I think it's hard everybody's working from home that we miss all these things that are actually going on in our own backyard yeah so, great reminder All right, Alice, we have already kind of talked about the business book that got you started in real estate, but do you have another favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend to people? Yes. I, um, you've probably had this one recommended before, but uh, Never Split the Difference. Yeah, I love it. That's a great book. You know, Mm -hmm. as a person who negotiates with other people's money. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's really important. And like that guy was a hostage negotiator. Yeah, Chris Boss. And like you can't split a human's life, right? And for me, my philosophy, and I mean, this is a Keller Williams philosophy, but I take it to heart big time. It's like win-win or no deal. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to dig in and be like, yeah, of course you want the most money. But is there something else that could make your life easier or better? Could my client offer you that in exchange for you offering us this? Because understanding need Mm. is so important in our business and having everyone understand it, like it is okay for everyone to feel like they're winning. There's no reason that somebody has to lose so that you win. Yeah, no, and I I love that principle. It's the win-win or no deal. And it's so easy to do that. Like you said, when you understand what the other party needs. Maybe it's not just the highest price. Maybe you can help them with another pain point and mm-hmm. say, Hey, you know, we can get it for the price we want. We can take care of your problems. Everybody has problems. You just got to solve them. Yeah, exactly. So Alice, how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way to follow you or reach you? <laughs> well, of course I have a website, but you know, honestly, it's my phone. <laughs> your phone. Yeah. That's what I carry with me. So, you know, Alice Duffy, you can reach me. If you Google me, you'll find me. I have a Facebook page, I have an Instagram. Uh, You know, 
have a TikTok that I don't use much. Oh, but yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, Alice Duffy at, at kw.com, that's my email. You mm -hmm. can email me there. I'm afraid to give out my phone number. <laughs> yeah. well, but that's how people reach me is my phone. And, you know, if you actually looked on the internet, you would find my phone number because I'm a self respecting real estate agent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to be, you don't want to be a secret agent, they say. No. No, I'm not a secret agent, so you can find me. I'm okay. there. Yeah, no, same way. I'm really easy to find. Just Google me right away. You got me. Yeah. All right, Alice. Most important question we ask here to wrap up. What is your favorite restaurant in Austin? I know. This is a hard one, you guys. We are a food yes. town. Mm -hmm. Like, we are a food town. So I can't pick one. I, I can do two. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, so I love Povel's Mexican restaurant on South First. Sorry, could you say that again? I missed it, actually. Povel's restaurant. Okay, can yeah. you spell that? I actually don't. I've never been there. I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> Povel's. I'll look it up. I'll put it in the show notes for everybody. We'll make but sure that's there. It's excellent. So they have like a salsa bar and their food is amazing and their Mexican martinis are on point and I have never had anything bad there. And like, they have a waiter, Salvador. He has been there for like 20 years. Wow. And he's awesome. Cool. And like, I'm always like, oh, they're, hey, we're here again together. Yeah. So that's one of my favorites. And then I, there's a newer Mexican restaurant um, called Suerte. Mm -hmm. And that's incredible. It's like, like more high-end date night you know i took my whole family there the kids and everything and we all loved it we've been a couple times they have an amazing chips and salsa where they make their own tortilla chips and they're huge and then they have all their salsas that they make in-house and so it's good absolutely i'll try it out i this is more selfish for me i get to try all the restaurants i haven't been to so yeah. Um, Povols and Suerte. I've been to Suerte and I really enjoyed it. I'll try Povols too. And I'll look yeah. for uh, Salvador there. Yeah. At Povols. Yeah. He wears a cap. <laughs> All right. Awesome, Alice. Thank you so much for coming on here and thank you for sharing your wealth of experience with us. Anybody needs to reach out to Alice, just Google Alice Duffy and you'll find her right there. But it's Alice Duffy at kw.com. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Thank you it. so much. Have a great day.